0: money Let's talk money.
1: I don't have your money.
0: I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Obviously, this is all about money. Oh man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> with practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough. Real conversations about money for real people.
2: Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I am. You, you say that with such (laughs) vigor and vim. I have commented on this probably every show, like for the last six weeks, because when I ask that question, you just, you're just like, I can't wait to get going. I just can't wait to do it. So I am, I'm, I hope as you listen in, you're as excited about listening to the show. As Reb is about sitting here next to me talking about the show. So
1: yeah, that's I wild. am yeah. because Brent's back.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So firm, that's. Are, yeah. are you going to introduce Brent?
1: Yeah, yeah. Brent Vandermeer from Crosspoint Financial, and um, occasionally during the year, if you listen to the show, his. Um, Business uh, sponsors shows. Mm -hmm. Um, Today, notmind.ca and the folks at financial discipleship are our sponsors. So they've been really generous um, with the podcast this year, and we're really grateful Mm -hmm. to them. Um, But Brent helps people at the cross points in their Mm -hmm. finances and investing. And we often have him uh, in to talk about savings and investing. And we're trying to make it uh, practical. Uh, practical discussion yeah. today yeah. just about what we can do if you have some extra and as you plan for the future. Because last week we talked about planning that was wrapped in purpose. I really mm-hmm. love that phrase mm-hmm. that came out of that session. Um, did I miss something? And no. find our previous podcasts. Well, if <laughs> I don't do if this If you want to go ever. back to
2: last week's show, and you yeah. do want to go back to last week's show, then for sure, morethanenough.ca, not chri.ca, those websites all have the player. So you can just go there. Um, you'll see and search Let's Talk Money and you'll find it. Or if you're listening on podcast or YouTube, then just go to the Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb and away you go. And
1: can I give I, just a reminder, we had some great shows earlier this year. Mm-hmm. From um, some of our coaching clients um, that gave their story about um, fi- about their financial journeys um, with coaches and how that and with the Lord and how that impacted their life and is impacting their life. So those are good. And we had this great conversation with a woman named Pat. I can never na- remember her last name. Um, but we'll just say Pat. Well, her name is Pat, and she was with the women's. Um, Women's Living Together Network, and if you can go back and listen to that, just if you know of um, a senior woman in your life that might have a need of a roommate to help cut down costs, um, she has A great story if you go listen to that and we'll be able to connect you maybe with other women um, that you could live with. So I'm just putting that out there because it's a really important need right now for especially widows, I would say, Mm -hmm. um, who are finding that they don't have as much income to live on. And this um, little organization is connecting roommates um so that people can live with i, I means. just It's the wonderful
2: creativity yeah. yeah you know they do say that necessity is the mother of invention, <laughs> and and you know in in this area just in a sense um you know how god is opening up that creativity in people to to say okay um yeah it's you know in these times as we you know we we look around and we see all of the changes and we see things and we're going to talk about that with you brent but just in a sense, some of the creativity that comes out of that, and and a lot of it is wrapped around being together and and moving together and sharing together mm-hmm. and and, and um, recognizing. And we've had this conversation before, and this is why we love having mm-hmm. Brent, you, and other guests on. Is we're not alone. Mm-hmm. We to navigate these seasons uh, where. Um, maybe there's a lot of movement. Man, to do it with the community is so important. And to, to, to sit in a community where there's, there's support and there's love and there's, uh, there's a, uh, even a wisdom as we know, as we're sitting here and, and going, there's wisdom in that community as well. So really cool show and really n- neat creativity that, that's happening. In a lot I, of
1: I just, I just thought of it because I want people not to miss those shows because hmm. they're, they're really fun to listen to, but also educational. So, um, today's scripture, Ecclesiastes. I was last week we talked about getting your house in order, um, the word that came to King Hezekiah, and um, I it got me thinking about Ecclesiastes three that there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Time to be born, a time to die. A time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and to gather them, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent. And a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, and a time for war and a time for peace. And I was thinking about these verses because there's some that really pertain to the cycle and season of our life. We talked a little bit about last week about heading to retirement and making sure that we had knowing what we'd need to live, um, what we'd have to have an investment so we can live in those. Years when we're not working as much, I'm not going to say that people are have stopped working because retirement looks like different things for folks. Mm-hmm. But a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to scatter, and a time mm-hmm. to gather. I was thinking of the verse where a scatter in Proverbs. You guys talk about it around investing all the time. You scatter your something, cast um, your bread upon, upon the, the water, water seven times, right? And then it comes for seven ways in seven right because it comes back. So you. That's the premise for investing in different spots. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that when um, gathering because there's a time in your retirement years that you're going to gather a little bit of uh, um, hopefully the, hopefully, the work your money is done in your investment portfolios, right? Mm-hmm. To live on. So anyway, I thought that was a really interesting application to what we're talking about today. Just to summarize last week, yes, save. Be wise. Okay. Get some wise counsel around you but have purpose for your savings and your investments. And we're going to talk to you, Brent, because we want to know some practical things about, you know, making a plan. You suggest, and we didn't get too much into it. You had a twofold strategy and planning um, for what's ahead. When we had our conversation with you, like your lifestyle spending Mm. um, plan would need a tune-up. You need to know what you want to live on. Is that right?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. We. We. Yes. We talked a little about that. A little bit about that last week, saying like, how much are you going to live off of? Yes. and Really getting a good picture, and that's what you guys help a lot with your clients about figuring that out, and including the sporadic things that don't come all uh, every month, like buying a car every five, ten years, mm-hmm. or travel, or home repairs, and all the things that might not happen. But figuring that out to say, do I have enough now? Can I reasonably stop or slow down my Income earning and live off of what I've stored, you know, and uh, but also the other part of that, I find a lot of people aren't prepared to understand how they're going to spend their time when they right. decrease yes. what used to take up a big chunk of their day. And some of that is like, do do they even have hobbies or um, do they have ability to v- volunteer their time with other? Organizations and, uh, are is there a family, the like grandkids that they're going to spend time with? Like, how are you going to plan your day? And it really, it's a big psychological component of the, getting to that date where you think you can retire. Um, if you're not, like, it's not just the money side; it's the time and how how is my life and what are my days going to look like? Is a big part because it really uh, involves redefining your purpose in a way too. Right? That yeah. you, a lot of people's. Um, identity has been built up in their their vo- vocation, right? And so, rethinking that and getting prepared. You have to spend some time, quite a bit of time, I would say, to do well thinking about that too. Right, right. right.
1: I When you mentioned that to us um, in our prep work for this, I was like, hmm. I think I've heard you say it before, but I'm like, oh yeah, like that's a big part of your planning for your future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you really how, how how yeah and and going back to those verses, there's a time for everything, there's a yeah. season for everything, and sometimes we maybe don't want the season right. <laughs> to come so fast. You know, <clears throat> our desire to live immortally.
0: Hmm. And,
2: and I think too, there's um, you know, <clears throat> Brenton, We won't spend a lot of time in that, but we're in a season where everyone is, I would say, pretty hyper aware around you know. Inflation and markets mm. and maybe not terribly well-educated because, you know, a lot of us are getting our cues from the media, which, again, I'm not sure that's the greatest source for, you know, um, media likes to create all kinds mm. of, of voices. We'll mm. just say voices, but, but to go, oh, like… I have never had so many conversations with people about stock market and, 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 uh, you know, Bank of Canada prime rate and, and versus the overnight rate and how are they different? <laughs> and, you know, all of these things where you're like, you know, nobody cared about those. Three years ago, mm-hmm. when the interest rates had been stable for 15 years, and and you know we you know in your world certainly the markets have moved and shifted, and this is not the first time in mm-hmm. history where we've seen this volatility. um And I think speaking to that a little bit today, in the sense of knowing that there's a season, and those seasons of. There are times where it's stable and you're preparing and the plan is going as the plan should be going. Uh, And then there are seasons where you're going, okay, uh, it's a different world. Um, You know, quite literally every week, things are changing.
0: Yeah, Yeah. well, I mean, if I could just... I have a feeling you used the word stable, but you, you actually probably meant to use the word declining and low. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, interest rates have not been stable for 20 years. Right. They've have, they have caused like stable. They've been declining for yeah. 20 years, which has mm-hmm. created this tailwind. Um, and people who are a little bit older can remember the 80s when <laughs> interest rates were double digit because inflation was double digit. We went into almost a 30-year period where deflation was occurring, and interest rates generally like there's always a little bit ups and downs as the business cycle carries on, but we went to all time lows yes. right, like one and a half percent on a five year mortgage like that is ridiculously cheap, it right. devalues. Money, right? Yes. Because if it doesn't cost me to go out and get a big mortgage or a big loan, it doesn't cost me much. It means that the value of that money is decreased, right? I can go do way more things with it. I can push up housing prices. I can push up every asset can go up because there's more money chasing it, right? It's, right. The, it's the definition of a bubble. Uh, When excess easy money flows into any sector, and when interest rates are low, that can be really widespread. So what's happened in the last year and a half is interest rates have gone the other way because, oh – Inflation became a threat. Finally, I would say, like since 2008, we've been talking about, wait a second, this money printing to create central bank creates money, buys debt out of the system, makes that debt no longer an issue to whoever who owned it. They can hold it and hide it here. But that's fresh money that they've just recreated out of thin air, essentially. And that wasn't inflationary for 15 years because there were so many other deflationary forces keeping it at bay. Lots of things from the U.S. housing market collapse in 07, 08 mm-hmm. to other things a little more subtly, like the globalization trend that was pushing costs of uh, goods down by uh, manufacturing overseas at cheaper wages. Uh, the, the, um, Tech boom has also been a long term thing that has decreased cost, and as tech has allowed us to produce things at cheaper costs or you know reduce wages because you have a computer doing something reduces costs, uh, even aging people, the demographics of an aging pop population has meant consumption was declining that 's a deflationary force mm-hmm. so i 'm getting into the weeds a little bit of yeah, the economy, true. but there was this deflationary force that kept inflation at bay. Last year, twenty twenty two, finally two main things, the pandemic supply chain disruptions Mm -hmm. caused prices of goods to go up. Mm -hmm. And then Russia invaded Ukraine and that's a whole other story about who did what and why and different things. But essentially energy prices spiked because of that. And that those two things, cost of goods and supply chain disruptions, plus energy input costs going up, caused inflation to finally spill out in the system. And Central banks cannot have our system, cannot have high inflation and function in a healthy way. And so finally they raised, they, they couldn't print money anywhere. They couldn't yeah. announce another TARP, TALF <laughs> quantitative easing <laughs> thing to create more money yeah. to cause the problem to go away. Cause that would be even more inflationary. And, um, and they couldn't lower interest rates because that would also be inflationary. And they were already at all time lows, right? So what, Finally, for those of us who manage money, like I'm actually getting excited about this period because we have now finally some value, some yield coming right. on our investments that right. previously policy was no, no. Let's make it cheap for people who have debt to keep it going, and that meant savers couldn't get a yield on investments. It made my job really hard when I can only get one percent on on a risk-free asset. Right yeah. now, I can get five on that, and then risk assets are going to be a premium above that, all because inflation has come back into the system. Mm-hmm. But that higher interest cost—that's what people are feeling. That's why people are wow. aware of the media, right. and central banks, and overnight rates and different things. Right, because it's got a cost to them now. They're saying, whoa, my, my mortgage, or maybe I did take too much when I thought this would keep going. Like my debt level is too high and my interest cost has now gone so much. And I think actually it's still coming. The worst parts, there are people who locked into five year rates that three years from now, two years from now are going to reset and they may not be prepared. So getting your house in order, like if you're one of those people and you've got a reset coming at some point, you got to start thinking hard about what that cost is going to do to your budget, too. We yeah. talk we
2: talk about this all the time, um, you know, because certainly in the last number of years, if you're on a variable rate, which was the, you know, we talk about this strategy of of payment hedging, where mm. you voluntarily increase your payment essentially to match the current, even though you might be halfway through your term, sure. to match the current, so that you can in a sense, ease into that increase. Um, of course, what's been interesting about all of these increases happening at the same time, you know, the the energy prices, the, um, you know, everything else Cost going of up because of, of the um, the interruption in, in uh, supply chain. And then, of course, now all of a sudden it's like, here's number three. Like, this is kind of strike number three. Okay, now my interest rates have gone up. And, you know, everywhere I look, I hear somebody saying, well, you're going to have to pay more or voluntarily increase your mortgage payment. Even if you're on a fixed rate, you should be doing that because in two and a half years, your it's payment gonna go. could double You know what? I, that
1: is brilliant. I mean, we're supposed to be talking actually about like what to do with our savings <laughs> and the margin if we have any, you know, and every maybe some of you are laughing that we're even having this conversation like margin where? Like, where are we? But I mean, isn't that a great first place to put it? in preparation for knowing that their mortgage is going to be different even if you're on a fixed in a couple mm-hmm. of years when you're renewing your mortgage.
2: And and, and to be honest, you know, we talk about preparing, but, um, you know, during these years, the last 20 years of low, low, you know, cheap money, um, you know, so many conversations about, you know, can I invest money? Can I invest money? And you're like, yeah, okay, good. Because you can, you can get it cheap if you're going to borrow to invest. That was a great strategy. But, those people who put some money in now are actually seeing the benefit of those savings, which Mm. again was a big message that that I know you did. And we did was was during these season of low interest rates, you know, get it down, figure out, get your debt down and get your savings up because there there will come a time. (laughs) There will come a time. Now who knew it would happen within 12 months? Nobody really anticipated that. Right. But then again, this is, you know, again, those that were preparing ahead and, and planning ahead and and saving ahead, they're going to realize, as you said, Brent, you know, now my investments actually are are you know comparatively, I For sure uh, I can have a safe investment pulling five percent, yeah, where I couldn't have had that three years ago.
1: Okay, so I'm going to like stop you guys because I promised everybody practical things.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: Brent. Yes. If people have margin and have savings, apart from getting prepared, maybe for um, an increase in mortgage payments in a few years, right? Savings for that. What does someone do? Like someone's paid down their debt; they're doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they got um extra cash every month. I mean, I know you work with high end clients, but you know, a lot mm-hmm. of our clients are asking us that question: What do we they do in the season with with the money they have?
0: So it's so hard to give like specific advice as yeah. you guys have said too right it, it is it's a challenge but i mean i think predominantly i think that, that high high level questions should be i look at kind of like a logic tree saying okay okay so how much do you have that's extra every month um so what percentage of your income that or after core expenses can you should you save and i tend to give people guidance that you should at least be trying to do 10% at minimum, get up to 20% if you can. Um, if you have a pension plan, it's being forced on you to do over 10%. So the discipline of doing at least 10, and this goes back to when I was a kid and I had the jars on my Mm -hmm. windowsill and Mm -hmm. now it can be virtual, but the same concept, pay yourself first, right? Put that money aside. so determining that flow and some, some people, that's a large amount of money, right? Like they, out of their income, they don't spend a whole lot or they, they, they might compare to other people, but the, the inflow is substantial. So you have to think about where does that go now, right? And mm-hmm. so whatever the amount is, it could be a small amount. It could be a large amount, but the next step is to say, well, what bucket do I put it in? Mm-hmm. That's a little bit more of a tax question that again has to be very unique to people. Um, I think the most obvious and simple is an RRSP, mm-hmm. so Registered Retirement Savings Plan. If your income is, I would say probably this is broad brushstroke, but 70000 or up, ideally 100000 or up, where that becomes a very valuable tool to whatever you put into an RSP is not included in your tax, mm-hmm. taxable income for the year. And so, whatever tax was withheld at source from that amount, you get as a refund on your tax return. And so, if you're in a 40% tax bracket today, That's a pretty good benefit you'll get today on top of that deposit you made. And so, the theory though is that down the road, when you're retired and theoretically your employment income is lower and other sources of income are lower, you'll be in maybe a 20% tax bracket or 30% tax bracket and you'll take it out at that lower percentage and you'll save the difference. So, you're not avoiding tax. People have to remember that. Their RSP is just a deferral, but the idea is pay it in the future, so it's worth – you know, it's the time value of money right. is less and so you defer that expense and you get it at a lower tax rate. So that's probably a first spot to put at least some money if you're mm-hmm. in a slightly high enough tax bracket today. If you're in a low tax bracket, it doesn't make any sense to put it into oh, a And what RRSP. do you
1: do? Go to your bank and say, I wanna start an RSP thing or
0: yeah, so many options on Don't that, swear right? Like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to last
2: week's show. There was a good recommendation on a book. And
0: oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Investing
1: for Dummies, you mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, I mean, at the end of the day, where you go, I think what I like to say is invest with advice, mm-hmm. right? Okay. If that's, a, I mean, there are different philosophical um, thing uh, ways of thinking around investing. And so you have to find someone who you align with yep. in that sense. If you trust someone at your bank, You're not going to get steered wrong. I mean, our business, Crosspoint exists because we think there's a better alternative than banks. But, um, so I tend to not like that approach, but for most people, it's easy. It's simple. You'll buy a mutual fund. It's, you know, there's, there's, there's a diversity of investments inside of that. And, and you're not going to get steered totally wrong. Right. So it's good. Um, but you have to understand your risk tolerance and your, Mm -hmm. your time horizon and what's appropriate. Um, to those who really want to engage in investing, to me, you surmount sort of some of the behavioral risks and the biases. Like when you roll up your sleeves and actually do the work at saying, what businesses do I want to own directly in my investment account? Whether that's an RSP or a TFSA or excess beyond that, say you've maximized your TFSA, then you put it into a non-registered investment account, um, different tax consequences to each type of investment bucket. But depending on the institution you're with, there's no limit on what kind of investment you buy inside of each bucket. I find a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to go buy an RSP or I'm going to buy a TFSA. You're not it's not, doesn't really make any sense, actually. Yeah. It depends. Some people think that if, because at the bank, they said, Oh, a TFSA is just a savings account. You put, you yeah. know, that's not true. Uh, with a firm like us, a TFSA is actually where we, th- we suggest if it's appropriate for the client to put their most aggressive investments inside there. Because if that one doubles or triples over time, it's a completely tax free gain yeah. versus saving tax on a, Low amount of interest because you put it into a savings account. Like, I'd rather shelter the capital gain yeah. than save a cup of coffee or two in tax on interest income that's quite low, right? right. So, how to do that is important, but then I would say. Figuring out what kinds of businesses should you own and understanding them, and um, if you have the capital, you could hire. And it has to be enough capital to hire someone, right? Because there's a cost to hire an advisor. Yeah. Uh, but you know, working with a trusted advisor to to do that work, and a firm like ours, that's really what makes us different. Is in house, we do the research and we we understand the businesses. We run dividend discount models and DCFs and different. We you know tons of work going with analysts to say, why are these businesses worth owning? What's their growth rate, their free cash flow, their debt levels, their bottom line earnings growth, like all the fundamentals that say, we like this business for these reasons. And then we monitor and say, like, Is it above our valuation estimates? Should we be trimming? Is it below? Should we be buying more? Or are there other investments across the various sectors that are now looking more attractive and should replace it? Yeah. Um, that kind of work helps you. Yeah, and and that that's an advisor,
1: become. like when you have that kind of money.
2: Uh. I, I think, you know, if I can pick up on something as we come mm. to the end of the show, though, Brett, because you said a number of things that I think are really important to, to just highlight. So, number one uh, that jumped out at me was is that – You know, this is your money. It's your responsibility. Mm. Um, Whether you go to a bank or an advisor, uh, that's a personal choice. But in the end, it is your responsibility to manage that money. Mm. So make an effort once a year. If you're working with an advisor, if they're good, they're going to call you and they're going to say, let's sit down once a year and make sure that we're adjusting your investments to match the changes that are happening. We talked about Mm -hmm. changes. If you're working within a bank, and I agree, my observation has been you invest today and nobody really is going to come back to you and say, oh, I think we should change. They're not really managing it for you. Um, You need to take that responsibility Mm -hmm. and you need to to say, okay, what am I going to do? Do I need to do a change? And then investing with advice for the moment that, that that we are going and do I respond to these markets or not or you know how does that all work cuz there there's a lot of movement and there's a lot of change mm. and as we say currency and money that the, 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 there's movement there just in the words right yeah. so i wanted to highlight that to really say it isn't a set it and forget it thing mm. when we talk about mm. saving and investing it really is you need to spend some time managing it over the course of a year. Maybe you do it every quarter. Or maybe you do it every six months. And that might just depend on how much and, and all of that. Or maybe you only do it once a year. The frequency, I would say at least once a year. Right. Um, but you also don't want to be terribly myopic and do it every day. I mean, that's that's a whole different.
1: Although <laughs> scope Brent of, might, well, uh, do, <laughs> you know,
0: but in a different, in a professional sense, yeah. not uh, not a oh my gosh, I'm going to sell this and buy that, oh, and yeah, moving yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Like we have, a, I guess maybe what we're saying is, and once as you learn more about investing, you have to develop your. F- philosophical view of it mm-hmm. like how do we invest am I going to be an individual business holder like I buy businesses I own them for the long-term shares of that mm-hmm. business am I a passive low-cost own an e- ETF that just has the index or a filter of the index and I'm gonna leave that and forget about it yep. am I a mutual fund person where I'm hiring someone else to do that work like all those questions am, am I a growth investor like for businesses that are gonna double or triple they may not be earning money now and maybe not be you know positive of cash flowing, but I think they're going to become big. Or am I more of a stable, free cash flow, dividend, kind of quality metrics? Like, how do I invest? Right. Is a secondary part that you really will have to figure out how you implement it. Right? And, I
1: know, uh, and I I just sit and listen to you guys, and I just want someone to do it all for me, and I don't ever have to think about it. But that is not the way no. that mm-hmm. we have responsibility with what God's given us as stewards. So um, there are a lot of shows that we've done with Brent. In the past, I'm in the show notes, I'm going to have a link to a questionnaire Brent gave us years ago about how to interview an advisor mm. um, for um, your own purpose. If you want to find an advisor that would line up with your own philosophy around money and, um, and go back and listen, just go to morethanenough.ca and Google or put Brent's name in and you're going to get all his um, interviews that we've done where he's talked about investing over the years. So...
2: Well, it's time to wrap up. Thank you, Brent, for thank being you. here. Way too much uh, information and in the sense that we could do another three shows uh, mm-hmm. that just come out of the two we've just done together. So thank you for being here. So it's a pleasure as always. Yeah. Thank you. And join us next week when we talk money.